If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, y'all. This is Frank the Bigfoot, and you're listening to The Paranormal Punchers. Welcome to a special episode of Paranormal Punchers. I'm Mark. I'm Alicia. And we are here today with Saturday Adventures, Paul and Anna. How you doing? Hey, we're great. I'm Paul. I'm Anna. And together, we're, we're Saturday, Saturday Adventures. Adventures. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, we rehearsed that for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Too bad we're not recording this so we could put it up on YouTube. That was perfect. <laughs> and how are you today? Oh, we're doing great. We're, uh... Happy and cozy here in Queens, New York. Yep, just finished a long day at the home office. So glad to have a little relax and do some fun stuff after work. Yeah, I feel like working home and I walk downstairs here. I like, (laughs) and then it's raining down here, so I can't even get outside and jump around on the patio. So that's the worst. Yeah, we've been going out despite the rain. I just can't stay in. I. I am an outdoor person. I can't stay in. I think a lot of people are enjoying the quarantine, but mm-hmm. I just want to get back on the road. Yeah, we're doing our best to just get those 10,000 steps in every day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, yep. I, I can imagine uh, you're outdoor people and you want to get out there. The name is Saturday Adventures because you're always going yeah. uh, somewhere, literally to the point where I'm like, I'm so jealous. Mm-hmm. They're hitting every spot we want to hit. I know. Well, come on out. If the uh, <laughs> world gets back together, we were talking about going to the Mothman Festival. You guys should go out oh, there. Oh, that would be man. great. It, actually, the Moth that's coming up like... September, right? <laughs> oh, September. Yeah. Oh, we're going to Savannah yeah, for that wedding. Yeah. So, things might be okay by then. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Maybe. So we, we have a wedding. We're on the Mothman Festival website, and you do a little bit of digging on the TNT area section. There is a girl that looks exactly like me in a photo, and so I'm really looking forward to recreating that picture of her and then taking myself in that same spot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, now, see, I told you the dog would eventually be barking. Yeah, she's barking. All right. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows what she's barking at? Who knows? She's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Thanks, dog, for interrupting me. <laughs> uh, Saturday Adventures. Where did you come up with the uh, the concept to do? Uh, well, go out every weekend and do something fun. Well, well, um, you know, when we used to live upstate New York, there's not too much to do, so. We would just go walking around. Sometimes we'd hop in our car and just drive. We'd drive and drive and drive, go out on country roads and get lost and out in the country, trying to just see anything there is out there, you know, looking at an old barn, finding some weird folk art in the country. A lot of weird stuff in upstate New York. Yeah, so much weird stuff, you know, just cool old buildings. Sometimes we'd go wandering and exploring in old buildings. Um, once we moved to New York, I didn't know a lot of people, didn't really know what to do. And so I was just trying to research fun, cool things to do around New York. And I came across a really awesome website called Atlas Obscura. 
which has honestly been a game changer for all of our Saturday adventures. And uh, one of the first things that we did when we were in New York was went on a little Saturday adventure to a place called Dead Horse Bay, very aptly named. Yeah, it was, uh, it's a nice little piece of beachfront down on the South Shore of Brooklyn, where in the past it's been a garbage dump. It's been a horse processing plant. Uh, the rivers wash out there, so the mob dumps weapons in there. And if you walk along the beach, it's just garbage and trash and rusted, twisted metal and and horse bones, little sections of horse bones. Wow. So that was the first Saturday adventure that I wrote about. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> but, but, I mean, this is – we've been doing this for 16 years now. Uh, as far as the stories go, I went back and – written stories about stuff that we did in the past, like Egypt. I think we were there in 2008, mm-hmm. I believe. And uh, the first trip we took to Florida, I think, was even the year before that. Yeah. But it was about 2017 that the story kind of started up. Wow. Yeah, and you've literally been to all the uh, great places. You've been out to California where Bigfoot is. You've been down uh, to the uh, Winchester Mystery House. Heck, you went down to see uh, Robert the Doll. Robert, yeah. Yeah, I think um, uh, one of the great things about my job is I get to travel for work. And since I kind of changed roles within my company, um, I've been really able to kind of mix that travel and also bring Paul along. And every time I have to go to a different place, I usually will make it into a small vacation afterwards, which we will squeeze in road trips and adventures and fun stuff like that. Um, That's kind of how... Our, our West Coast trip came about. I had to go to Seattle for work, and uh, Paul flew in out to meet me after a few days and had an epic road trip all the way down for two weeks down the West Coast. It was wonderful. Wow. Yeah, that was a great trip. We just drove and drove for days. It's something I've always wanted to do. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I got I – got, uh, actually, some of these questions uh, – Paul was, uh, sent me a list of uh, some things that we could discuss here, and one I loved – this is very right to the point. How did you get weird? <laughs> uh, so actually, I, I thought that was an important section I put together. Um, I think, you know, for me, I was an only child and I grew up watching Unsolved Mysteries like all the time. Um, one of my favorite things on Unsolved Mysteries was what I used to call the pizza ship. Um, it was a very triangular looking ship with bright red lights, which I always thought looked like slices of pepperoni. And I would just tell my parents, oh, my God, the pizza ship's coming to get me. Um, you know, I, I have a framed picture that I drew as a really little kid of the Bermuda Triangle on my wall right now. Um You know, I think, like, as I got older, uh, I got interested in a lot of other stuff. But, you know, even when I was little, bugs, Egypt, dinosaurs, archaeology, I was was not playing with Barbies when I was little. Um, (laughs) Kind of missed out on that. I was, like, reading about Howard Carter, who was, like, one of my inspirations. He was the guy that discovered King Tut's tomb. Oh, wow. Um, And then, you know, as I got older, when I went to college, uh, I got a degree in anthropology. I was really interested in South American archaeology and also people who use hallucinogenic drugs for mystical experiences. And I was kind of interested in how we kind of transitioned that to people who are doing uh, drugs in contemporary society, you know, and are there healing properties uh, surrounding that? This is what she went to school for. It's all legitimate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her first degree. <laughs> wow. 
That's amazing. Um, yeah, once I uh, once I finished school, though, I realized at no point did I learn Spanish, and uh, that kind of made me reassess working in in South America and in the Amazon. So, decided to take a little bit of time off. Um, actually, went back to school for a master's degree in museum studies. Oh. Again, not a degree that I currently use, but still. <laughs> Uh, Paul, what about you? How'd you get so weird? Well, I was a weird kid. <laughs> uh, I've loved horror movies and heavy metal all my life. Uh, the first movies that I ever went to see, I was, I think I was four or five years old. The first movie I ever saw was Baby Secret of the Lost Legend. You know which one I'm talking about? No. no. Oh, it's about Mokel- Mokeli Mamembe, the Brontosaurus in the Congo. Okay. Oh. So even that, it was a Disney movie. It's got William Cat, the greatest American hero. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's actually on YouTube for free right now. <laughs> but I saw that in the theater, and the same year I saw E.T. Okay. And I think that shaped my life right there. You know, I remember being into the Loch Ness Monster, but I think that was more about dinosaurs, just like the Congo. And then I was in the third grade when I got my first book on Bigfoot. It was, uh, it was a scholastic book fair. And I picked it up, and that changed my life right there. And then two years after that, I was in the fifth grade. I met my first cryptozoologist. Uh, he was a guy named Joe Zarzinski, who was searching for the monster in Lake Champlain. So New York State pride right there. That's <laughs> nice. We finally made our first trip up there this year. So we went searching for Champ. Yeah? Awesome. Did, did you find him? No. Well, no. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> we did find the local monument and okay. a bunch of cool stuff, too. What's that lake up in New York uh, in the in the wine area? Is it uh, Seneca? Yeah. Yes. That has like a, supposedly the military test and subs. Do you know which lake I'm talking about? Uh, there's weird stories about the Finger Lakes. Yeah. Uh, Seneca. Seneca had a story that there were whales in it. Oh. And they had a festival for years and years, and unfortunately ended the year that I found out about it, so I never got to go to it. Oh. But I even saw signs on the highway for it, for uh, the Seneca whale watching. <laughs> I think it was People Seneca. would go, and they would just sit on the shore and watch for whales, and no whales ever came, because there's no whales in Seneca Lake. <laughs> and that didn't stop for years. Hold on to that faith, you know. So, right. <laughs> Upstate New York is a weird, weird place. Um, you said you're into horror movies. Just curious, like, uh, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? Uh, I think I started watching Jason and Michael Myers when I was. I think I've been with them the longest, but hmm. I know that's actually a really tough it's, question. That is a tough one. Yeah, you really have to break it down into categories. Like, what's your favorite slasher? What's your favorite Bigfoot movie? Your favorite ghost movie? Right. Uh, Jason's my boy. <laughs> I'll, I'll put Jason on top of everybody. I was always, I always mm, enjoyed. Uh, I do. Go ahead. Oh, oh! I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, Paul loves Jason. I, I have sat through every Jason movie, uh, not necessarily as a fan, as a supporter. Right. <laughs> My friends and I had a tradition, and when we were growing up, every Friday the Thirteenth, we would get together and watch every movie in a row, and it, that marathon just kept getting longer and longer. It was so hard. We only made it all the way through a few times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, even uh, you even like Jason X. 
where he's in space. The only one that I don't like is Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. That's the that's the only one. Soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember uh, watching that when I was younger, and uh, the guy who was trying to box Jason on the rooftop. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, that's not gonna. <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. And it didn't. <laughs> um, when Crystal Lake was connected. To, somehow. Uh, yeah. Connected yeah. to the sea. Yeah. Teleport. And that was. Uh, I've been to Crystal Lake. That wasn't an adventure we went on together. But a friend of mine and I, we went and we we trespassed on the Boy Scout camp that they filmed the movie on. Mm-hmm. And we went in and we saw the lake and we saw the mountain in the background. And we hung out in the town where they shot a few scenes. Very cool. So, yeah. Jason, he's been a big part of my life. Well, speaking of uh, the great outdoors, what's uh, what's your favorite adventure that you've been on so far? Well, that's an easy one for me. Anna, what's yours? <laughs> uh, well, I made an incredibly long list because I was really struggling. Like, every adventure is probably one of my favorites. Um, I would say, you know, one of our earliest adventures was uh, going to Egypt. I was dirt poor. I was in college. You know, I was like living off my student loan money. And, you know, I ended up taking a class in Egyptology. And I was like, love Egypt. Always wanted to go. So when I got my student loan money, uh, I started saving it, got a little money from my grandma. I was stapling $100 bills (laughs) behind a big tapestry that we had in our bedroom to save money. And uh, one day I came home uh, from an internship I was working at and I told Paul, we're going to Egypt. And he said, ha ha, yeah, right. I slowly pulled back the tapestry <laughs> and showed him all the dollar bills I had stapled from the student loan money I was hoarding and hadn't paid rent in a few months. And we went to Egypt. Um, it was awesome. It was so much fun. You know, we ran out of money and I had to call my grandmother for help halfway through. <laughs> um, so the best adventure but you know it was, it was really fulfilling one of our lifelong dreams you know for both of us since we were kids you know seeing the pyramids and and just like seeing the whole country seeing the tombs you know it was really cool um beyond that you know i think there are some really fun peculiar things that we've gotten to see uh, specifically the nutty narrows bridge in longview washington yeah we are the- squirrel tourists <laughs> yes professional <laughs> squirrel tourists This is the world's only suspension bridge dedicated to squirrels. Uh, There was an older gentleman, I I believe he was like an engineer, and he was seeing squirrels get hit by cars all the time out in front of his house at this busy intersection. So he thought to himself, what can I do for the squirrels in my neighborhood? Build a suspension bridge between two trees. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It was like my heart melted when I saw it in person. (laughs) Does it work? Does it save lives? They actually had a um, fundraiser a few years ago, I think, to do like a restoration on it because it had gotten like a little old and rickety and dangerous for squirrels crossing. <laughs> um, but yeah, now it's in top notch condition. Nice. Your Pennsylvania adventure. Oh, yeah. How could I forget to mention Further um, squirrel tourism? <laughs> yeah, well, we're expanding into the rodent world here. Uh, one year, Paul, for our anniversary, for early anniversary present, uh, took me on an adventure to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And uh, if you are familiar with Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, there is one very famous rodent there. Yeah. Punxsutawney Phil, the um, weather predicting groundhog. 
So we went there. We stayed up all night. Um, we were there in a crowd of people at like 4 a.m. waiting for a groundhog to tell us what the future will be. <laughs> we actually, we knew him. He was a personal friend. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, his mother had found a baby woodchuck on the side of the road. Uh, it was so, yeah, must, some, something must have pulled it out of its den because its eyes were still closed. <laughs> so she took it home and nursed it and raised him. And I tell you, that that, that woodchuck could not hold his chocolate cake. He also <laughs> And he was getting about two years old and he was starting to get aggressive. So He was being a little naughty with the beer and the chocolate cake and the Fritos. And so... Yeah, he would chew through a wall to get at these. <laughs> so wow. being, being a country lady... My friend's mom said, I have two options. I need to take him out and shoot him or give him to somebody because he'll never be able to survive on her own, mm-hmm. on his own. And she got in touch with the Punxsutawney people, and they took him as one of the fills. Nice. So we have us that the fill that we saw is still the one that we knew. Oh, very cool. <laughs> we know that guy. Know that. <laughs> and now he does the Pennsylvania Lottery commercials. I know. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, that was probably seven years ago, so it's probably a new film now. It, it might be. Yeah. I know they say he lives forever. But, and he uh, does. He does live forever. Ah, okay. I saw a photo of him drinking the magical elixir. Okay. So it might be two fills, but they're both going to live forever for now. <laughs> so my favorite adventure is an easy one. It goes right back to that same Bigfoot book. Uh, we went to Willow Creek. We oh. saw that Bigfoot statue. And, I mean, that really just brought everything full circle for me. You know, I've been into that since I was a little kid. We pulled into town. We checked into the Bigfoot Motel and walked over to the statue. And, like, I was I was a little kid once more. Mm-hmm. But uh, even better was earlier that day when we were driving driving through California. And, you know, we'd been on the Pacific Coast Highway for probably three days at that point, just driving along the side of the ocean, looking out over the Pacific. And we finally got into California. And we'd, we'd already seen a few elk at that point. You know, just on the side of the road. But we came around a bend in the mountain and literally right in front of us was a herd of 30 elk just hanging out in this field, grazing on grass. There were people sitting on the side of the road watching them and we just pulled off. It was evening, like everything was gold. And I'm just taking pictures of these elk and it was probably one of the most amazing moments of my whole life. Wow. And it's it's the kind of thing that you can just find just wandering around this country. And I mean, I've been all over this country. I've been to 47 states and just wandering and finding weird things like that all my life. It's a lot different than seeing a deer. <laughs> oh, I bet. They're True. massive. Yeah. I was oh, really just- hoping somebody would see you came around a corner and there he was, Bigfoot, <laughs> just having a picnic well, by the side of the road. <laughs> uh, when we were in Willow Creek, I went out the next morning. Uh, I tend to get up super, super early in the morning because I'm used to it from work. And that's really the best time to take pictures. So I'll get up at five and just go drive around and see the area we're in while Anna's still asleep. And I went out and I was driving around the the mountains just hoping I'd find one, getting ready to go to bed. (laughs) But uh, unfortunately, there was no Bigfoot. Well, what is the uh, what about the scariest adventure you've been on or the scariest story from one of your Saturday adventures? Well, we did find a dead body once. Ooh. 
Yeah, okay. that was that was a interesting time. We were uh, we were in Connecticut, and I was like, oh, you know, it's it's still sort of warm out. You know, maybe we could go to a beach. I was like trying to look up some beaches that were perhaps nearby where we were driving, and I came across one. I popped it into the GPS, and I was like just looking it up, and a news story came up that a few days prior, uh, some people had been out on a sandbar by this little island that was on the beach, and. Oh. Interruption. This this was another island we found on Atlas Obscura. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, Captain Kidd buried his treasure here while he was on his way to Boston to be executed. Oh. So we're hoping to find some buried treasure. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we decided to go out to the sandbar, and we read this article. A few people had been, unfortunately, washed out while the tide was coming up, and they had been crossing the sandbar. Uh, they found two of the people. They were fine. They got pulled back onto boats. Um, unfortunately, the third person... Uh, disappeared. So uh, we were out there taking some pictures. Yeah, this was, uh, I think that happened on Thursday, and we were there on Saturday, of course. And uh, it was low tide, so the sandbar was there, but I guess the tide comes in really fast, which is what happened to these people. So we're walking out, and I, I have before pictures where there's nothing there in the water, and we got about halfway out, and we see a crowd of people start gathering on the edge, and uh, I got really worried. My first thought was like, oh, my God, I hope there's not like a hurt marine animal or like a seagull with like fishing line wrapped around it. And people don't know what to do. Uh, I am an experienced bird rescuer. Uh, mm -hmm. I have saved many a pigeon. <laughs> and so we we like scooted over there to see what was going on. And um that's when we noticed the body had washed up ashore. Um, he had been in the water for several days, and it was it was a spooky and sombering moment, you know, kind of seeing how quickly the tide can literally change for a person. I was not one of the people taking pictures of them, though, though I did turn around when we were on the island, and I took a picture of the mainland, and you can see a little something in the water next to the ambulance, but... Uh, I did show a little respect that time. Yeah, it was a spooky moment. Though I got to say my scariest adventure was uh, when we went to Austin. We were there for a wedding. Uh, last It was last year, right? Two years Two ago. Two years ago. We went to Austin for a wedding. And we decided to just tack on a couple extra days and see what was weird down there. Uh, literally a museum of the weird. But we got down there and they had just had a flood. And they were under a boil order. And I could not get a coffee anywhere in the city of Austin for three days. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> Even well, at our hotel, they were saying, you know, they said we're under boil order. And I said, well, that's what you're supposed to do with coffee. Can you just make me one cup? And even Starbucks didn't have bottled coffee. It was it was a nightmare. Well, <laughs> well beer. You could just add a beer. Yeah, you get a coffee stout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's a great way to start the day. <laughs> True. What about, uh, you know, since you've been to a lot of these, uh, the paranormal uh, places in America, any, any, any paranormal experiences? I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't really. I've only had like two experiences in my life that I can speak of, and it wasn't really at any of those places. You know, we've we've gone to... Eastern State Penitentiary, which was amazing. You guys, it's not far away from you, right? You're just a couple right. hours. Right? Yeah. yeah, like an hour and hour 45 and, minutes. Yeah. I, but we didn't see anything there or at any other places. The only thing that's really ever happened to me, I was 19 years old, and I was at home waiting for my friend to come pick me up. 
to go to work. I'd just gotten him a job. I didn't know him that well and didn't know that he was one of the most late people you will ever meet. <laughs> and he's, he's super late and I'm starting to get worried. And I hear his voice in my ear say my name just as clear as could be. And it scared the daylights out of me. I thought something had happened to him. I panicked. I went to work and he showed up later. And it wasn't something that I imagined. I heard this voice in my ear and that was the main one. And then a couple years ago, we were spending the night at Anna's grandmother's house and we woke up in the middle of the night and both of us clearly heard a voice say, hey. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll take over from there. So I want to preface this by saying, like, my grandma's house is not like a spooky house. She's the first person who built this house. You know, it used to be a field beforehand, you know, then build over a cemetery, like nothing spooky. Um, and honestly, I had a couple of strange experiences at my grandmother's house. Um, on two different occasions, I saw a shadowy person that was very scary. Mm. Uh, the first time... Uh, both experiences I should mention were like in the daytime, which makes them more scary. Um, the first time I was really little, I was like hanging out in their bedroom and I was just like playing with some stuff on the bed and they have a closet with sliding doors and the doors cracked a little bit. And I, I saw this like hand sort of like reach out from the closet door and it kept going and connected to a shadowy arm and as the arm was like coming out, the arm bent around a corner, but obviously it's flat and a shadow. And this person stepped out, just an all black shadow and their fingers were like extra long and pointy in it. It looked like they had a like punk rock mohawk, which makes it sound really silly when I tell this part, but it's still <laughs> real scary. Um, and I was just like, oh my God. Like I was utterly terrified. I was shocked. I ran out of the room and then a few days later, I was in their basement, and she has, like, a trap door that goes outside. It's always locked, you know? And I was going up the stairs. I was, like, leaving the basement, and the stairs kind of faced this trap door, and the same exact thing happened. I saw these, like, fingers, this, like, blackness start coming from the edge of this locked door, and the hand, and then the arm, and then the guy, like, two different times, like, and, you know... But those are like my only real quote unquote ghost stories of seeing a, a scary person. But, you know, why at my grandma's house? Like, right. you know, that that was always a bit peculiar. Um, yeah, I, I have a few other spooky stories, too. You know, um, let's see. I think probably one of the scariest things that happened to me. Um, and thankfully no longer happens or hasn't happened in a long time is sleep paralysis, ah. which I believe you guys had done a story on this. Oh yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, it's, it happened to me a few times and every single time was terrifying. Uh, the very last time that it happened, uh, Paul had already left for work and it was still dark in our room and I woke up and could not move. And I looked over to my left, which is, you know, the spot that Paul is usually in and Unfortunately, Paul wasn't there. Instead, what was there was a shriveled mummy guy. Oh. Um, laying next to me, you know, just chilling. His head was on the pillow next to me. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so it was a very quick, terrible, terrifying sleep paralysis, which with ended with him saying, don't worry, I'll be back. 
<laughs> oh my god. That's gosh. comforting. <laughs> Yeah, he followed you all the way from Egypt. <laughs> right. Yes, oh my God. <laughs> you had almost a, the exact same story. I remember you were telling one on the show once, and I was like, that's almost exactly like Anna's. What was that? I'm sorry. Did you have, you had one that was almost yeah, like that, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a mummy. It was more of like this alien slash shadow that kept coming in and out of my view. It was really freaky. And we did have a listener that uh, yeah. had sleep paralysis. And there was like uh, some that looked like, you know, like a rotting corpse and smelled yeah. to him. That, you know. Yeah, this guy looked like it was like if you unwrapped a mummy and he was like all dried out, you know, from like the desert. That's what he looked. He was not like a rotting corpse kind of scary. He was like dried out from the mm-hmm. desert in a mummy kind of way. Wow. Did you see that movie? Uh, I think it's on Netflix now. It's The Nightmare. I think you might have talked about it during that Did episode we? too, but it's it was a documentary about sleep paralysis, oh, and, yeah. and it was it was crazy when we watched that because it made me cry. Yeah, because like, someone else like had such a similar experience to me. Like I'm just I was like, oh cool, sleep paralysis. I had that a few times, and then I heard someone tell almost the exact same story as me, and I was like, no, this is. Wow. This is too scary. <laughs> yeah. This had happened years before we saw that movie and we watched it and it was like listening to them tell the same story that she had told me. Has it come back? No. Okay. <laughs> no thank God. Thank God. I, uh, you know, every now and then, like, I, I, I almost like feel it coming on because you kind of, you get this like weird sensation, like you start to feel it happen. And I've been able to kind of like, pull myself out of it before it gets to the scary point, you know? So I've kind of, like, trained my body a little bit. But, yeah. Thank God. Whew. Yeah, that would be scary. I know. Um, now, you've been you've been all over the world, practically. Uh, and you check out a lot of these uh, paranormal hotspots and things like that. But, uh, you know, when you post on, uh, post on Facebook and, and, and your website, you're always talking about what did you do today? Are you trying to inspire people to, you know, get up and get out and go go exploring? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was not practiced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think like, um, like I said, I mean, we were just doing this for fun. And Paul writes and likes to take photos. And we're like, how can we put all of these three things together? Uh, I think like one of the things that I really enjoy personally is, you know, when I have like friends or coworkers and they're like, Anna, where are you going next? You know, what's your new adventure? Like it gets other people excited to kind of like go out and explore their world. And, you know, I'm not telling people to go to the ends of the earth to find something interesting when there's very interesting and cool things to find in your own backyard, you know, and I want people to be able to just feel that sense of adventure and excitement, you know, so what, take a flashlight and go in a spooky barn, you know, there's nothing better or worse about where you explore as long as you're, you know, trying to attain that awesome sense of adventure and exploration in this age where, everything's on the internet and everything's on TV and it's already been seen and someone's already been there, you know, how, how can we inspire people to do that again and, and get that excitement and adventure going? Yeah. I've always, always just wanted to get out and see as much as I can. I mean, I used to be the person that would just get on a Greyhound bus and just go someplace, ride it for a few days. My backpack is a, a pillow. Thankfully our accommodations have gotten a lot better now. <laughs> <laughs> hotel rooms these days but 
I've slept many nights on a Greyhound bus, and I just want to see as much as I can and get out there and, and inspire people to do the same thing. Wow. Did you ever uh, get any feedback from anybody that checked out uh, all the photos and the stories, like saying, hey, you inspire me to go do this? Uh, nobody's really gone out and gone to see a bunch of stuff, but you know, we got a lot of feedback on it, people saying you know, the, they love seeing the stuff, love seeing these places that we've been to. And you know, I would love to see people start adding their own pictures to yeah. it. For and, sure. uh, going to the same place. I know. I was like, man, <laughs> they did what I wanted to do. They beat me to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> what, since you're always on the move, like, what kind of equipment do you take? Um, I shoot on a Nikon camera. Mostly, I use different lenses, but mostly I use a, a 28 to 300 millimeter lens, which you can do pretty much anything with. And uh, we. We'll, we'll go on a short segue. So uh, we have a cat, and his name is Winston. And Winston is a disabled kitty. He has three and three quarters legs, so he's missing the back part of one of his feet. Uh, nothing terrible, but, you know, um, he was just a birth defect and stuff. So as a present for Paul, I came across a tripod Um it was called the Three-Legged Thing is the company, and the uh, particular model of tripod is called the Winston. So that's Paul's <laughs> go-to tripod. Nice. nice. So we named our cat after the tripod. They're both orange. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, you know, I, I'm not taking too many pictures. I, I, you know, fiddle around with my GoPro. I have a, a GoPro 7, so I take videos here and there kind of teaching myself how to make movies so i have a youtube channel um with a few videos it's uh my longest video is me getting covered in pigeons at a park in new york city so if you're interested you're more than welcome to go to check that out um but yeah Paul, paul's the main uh photographer here in the in the team yeah i was gonna ask you uh i was gonna save it towards the end but i'm gonna jump in with it now because uh the fact that you mentioned you had a youtube channel uh, I'm like, why don't you have a podcast? Yeah. I mean, YouTube would be better to show your travel videos, but with the adventures you go on, you already got the name, Saturday Adventures. Like, practically already have a podcast right there. It's, you know, it's something we've, like, thought about, you know... I kind of feel like we're more visual people and, and you know, with writing and stuff like that. I don't know. You... What are your thoughts, Paul? We have kicked around the idea, but it's one more big commitment and, you know, setting it up on a schedule. We're bad with schedules. I yeah, think. yeah. We're bad. <laughs> like, you know, you, you see us taking all these adventures and stuff, and I'm really good at planning them out, but not on a schedule. You know, <laughs> I know where I want to go, just not when I want to get there. And so we kind of just meander through our adventures with like this, you know, blase kind of mindset. And we're not good with, with <laughs> organizing beyond that, I think. Uh, Paul's done an excellent job with keeping our Instagram up to date with the program. But, you know, I, I don't know. We're, we're iffy on the podcast, but, you know. Happy to be a guest on one. Absolutely. Well, we're glad you're hanging out and telling stories. Yeah. Um, hey, if you ever change your mind, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll help you get it off the ground. Amazing. <laughs> um, all right. So I know, uh, Paul, we had talked, well, maybe even a month or two months ago uh, about the fact that you went to the Philippines in Japan. You never got a chance to yep. see the uh, 
What's the name of the forest? It just fell out of my head. I know. Kahara Forest. The Suicide Forest. Do you want to tell that story? It was an epic tragedy, which I ended up still being so proud of because for all that went wrong, Anna navigated the Japanese train system, which was the most confusing thing that I have ever seen. It was so easy. The same with the subway. (laughs) Just when I thought I'd have, you know, I had down how to get around on the subway, like some curveball would get thrown at me. And we actually didn't have as much trouble as we thought getting around there. Uh, between Google Translate and geez, Google Translate and Google Maps, we got everywhere we needed to easily. Wow. I have a work phone with a data plan. Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> really, <laughs> you're abroad and you need to use data. Right. Uh, unfortunately, not all the adventures go like they're planned. So we did make it to the Mount Fuji area. Yes, we uh, but... we we ended up unfortunately on a later train, so that was uh, my bad. We did get a little bit confused on how to take a different train beyond the subway. We made it out there. We got to see Mount Fuji. We got to see a really cool temple. Unfortunately, getting to the suicide forest is a bit out of the way and didn't get to see it. But, you know, we were there in our ghost spirit. (laughs) Yeah, it was like you have to to go to this cave. I mean, it's like a fantasy adventure. You have to go to this cave and then walk another half hour. And (laughs) by by the time we got out there, we wouldn't have been able to make a train back in time. Yeah. But still, we got to see the Kappa Temple. That was right in Tokyo, and that was super cool. We got to see the the mummified hand that was on uh, was on Destination Truth, right? Yes, yeah. So, but yeah, I got to go. I was in the Philippines for work, um, and this time I decided to bring Paul along. He didn't have a lot going on, and so I was like, "Oh, come tag along with me," you know. Uh, when I am working in, you know, countries abroad, I still work U.S. hours, which means I get to see most countries I visit exclusively at nighttime. Uh, so Paul got to explore Manila uh, in the daytime while I slept. Yeah, I basically just had five days to wander around. It was amazing. Nice. Wow. Uh, yeah. After after we wrapped up my work in Manila, we got to go to an island for a few days and and check out the Philippines. And that's when we headed over to Japan afterwards. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there was no Philippine Bigfoot. I promised you. It's a different island. We didn't get to. You know. <laughs> we did see the world's only carnivorous primate. Okay. But they're the size of the fist. Oh. We so. we did all. Got to see the world's largest pair of shoes, which is in the Philippines. So that was pretty exciting, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, where to next? Well, <laughs> we got to get off quarantine here. True. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, so- I mean, uh, that just to interject this question. Um, you know, you, you had all these amazing adventures, and obviously, you're going to uh, do more, but. How do you think this is, uh, you know, are you going to be uh, fearful of traveling for a while? You know, even even when things get back to whatever normal will be. Oh, you're not going to be. OK. I, I live on the road. I can't wait to get back on the road. Yeah. Um, for, for context, um, for our trip to the Philippines, um, my team from work was supposed to be going with a huge group of other people. Every single one of them canceled. Uh, except for my team, because we're hardcore and we still <laughs> wanted to just go to the Philippines. Um, 
You know, it, it was very interesting to kind of just like see the concern that was like starting to grow around, uh, unfortunately, the coronavirus. And I actually went to Bogota after the Philippines as things were starting to get even more scary. Um, definitely, I want to stay safe. I want Paul to stay safe. I want everybody out there going on their own personal adventures to stay safe and socially distance as long as, you know, the CDC is recommending that. But mm. hey, if you can explore a spooky old place by yourself or with a friend who's six feet away, I hope you do it. And we're also going to continue to do that. <laughs> yeah, we will be back on the road as fast as we can. Um, it typically, our, our big trip time, uh, the behind the scenes confession is that it doesn't always happen on Saturdays. Uh, I have. Oh, no. <laughs> Spoiler. Secrets out. <laughs> Every year I've got two weeks off in July. So the last few years we've made that into our trip time. Um, last year we went to the south. That's when we saw Robert. We went to Expedition Bigfoot. Uh, the year before that was when we were out in the west coast looking for Bigfoot. The year before that, we were up in we went up to see the the Cryptozoology Museum in Maine, which actually I do want to settle a debate that you guys had. Um, we went to the expert. We talked to Lauren Coleman himself wow. and asked him this question. Are Yetis white or brown? And this is a debate that we have had for years. Probably it's one of the first arguments we ever had <laughs> was are Yetis white or brown? And Mark, do you ever have like moments where you're actually right and like you know you're right and there's no question that you're right? Of course. Because that's what you have. Wow. <laughs> all of the experts have agreed with me that Yetis are brown. And we asked Mr. Cryptozoology himself, and he said that there is no white Yeti outside of Hollywood. Nice. Okay. Well, my my only theory on this was, you know, perhaps it's like a snow rabbit or an Arctic fox, you know, perhaps their coats change a little bit in seasonality, you know, maybe he's up in the colder climates and as it warms up, he goes down to more temperate climates to get some, some tasty snacks and stuff like that. And he <laughs> needs to blend in, you know, he doesn't want the Sherpas coming to get him, all those hikers on the mountains. So. And Lauren also said that that was hogwash. <laughs> well. He, yeah, he just trampled all over all of my theories, essentially. Thanks, Lauren. I thought we were friends. I do want to give him a little plug, too. We just ordered from the Cryptozoology Museum. He's up there. He operates it by himself, and he's offering free shipping during the quarantine, so I, everybody should order one of his books. We just ordered his book about Tom Slick, the, uh, the billionaire cryptozoology patron, so I can't wait to read that. Very nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, um... Actually, you know, one thing, when you can go out again, uh, do you have plans for any big adventure? We have been kind of talking about maybe exploring a little bit of, like, the southwest. Um, yeah, maybe like four corners of the country. Yeah, like New Mexico and some of those areas. There's a lot of weird stuff out there, like the Marfa Lights in Texas. And, you know, I personally love, like, seeing a lot of, like, weird art. So there's Meow Wolf in Santa Fe, which is this really crazy, like, huge art complex. So um, that's definitely up on my list if that's something we can make it out to this year. Yeah, and I want to see Chaco mm -hmm. Canyon. Yeah, and we got the Mogollon Monster but, out mm -hmm. in uh, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that'll be a uh, that'll be fun. Other than that, our only firm plan that we had that's now tentative was to see Mothman. Um, 
kind of playing everything by ear for the summer. I kind I'm I'm optimistic. I think I think things are going to be okay by summertime. Yeah. I'm holding my fingers crossed. I think we're doing a great job in New York, and if people just follow our lead here, the rest of the country will be okay, and we'll get back on track. I would like to get so back I'm on track hold- too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd like to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I wanted to tell you because I had asked you earlier if you had heard from anybody that you might have inspired. Uh, we have a Patreon. Uh, episodes that we do called uh, Ghost and Gastropubs. It's kind of we virtually travel mm-hmm. around to a haunted location, investigate, and then go for beers at the pub to talk about it. So it's virtual now, but that is, we're mapping out. So the things we're talking about is nice. kind, of, kind of we are going to do this when we can, when we have yeah. the time, money, whatever. So uh, that was inspired by you guys. Awesome. That's so awesome. awesome. Oh, my gosh. That feels so sweet. <laughs> we just well, threw in the pub because it's us. <laughs> right. Yes. The train goes right to your town. The train goes right to New York City. You guys should come do a visit. We'll show you around. Oh, that yeah. would be awesome. It's the strangest yeah. in the world. Have you ever been to a bear in New York? To where? Uh, is it called? Is it a bear? Oh, where yeah, where a the bear Bigfoot site yeah, is? Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's where we went to the. <laughs> yes, we uh, we actually we went to a bear road, and uh, I had my GoPro on the roof of our car because I was trying to take a selfie of us in front of the sign <laughs> of a bear road, and a very concerned couple came up to us, thinking that we were having car trouble, and wanted to make sure that we were okay. Uh, I had to assure them that yes, I was fine and not in any danger, and that we were only taking a selfie. In in front of a sign in the middle of the country. <laughs> we were up there in, in Whitehall. They do a Bigfoot festival every year. The Bigfoot Calling Festival, where yeah. people reenact their greatest Sasquatch yell. That's right. You did that last year. Yes. Festival. You did it in. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, you had the uh, Beer for My Bigfoot the shirt on. Yes. I was wearing the puncher shirt. Nice, nice. that's right. I, I called it. I called it's, it's Whitehall, New York. I said a bear, New York. <laughs> well, from, yeah, we knew what you meant. Okay. Hey, I'm from Pennsylvania. What do you expect? <laughs> Where can everybody you know, go? Trying to get to say New York names. <laughs> Where can everybody go? Check out the amazing pictures you take, the amazing adventures that you are that you go on. Where can people learn more about all the cool stuff you do? Well, you can find the Saturday Adventure stories on my website. That's printisbetter.com slash Saturday Adventures. You can go find us on Instagram at Saturday Adventure. No, no S. S. Uh, and Facebook, you can look for Indiana Bones, and that's also at Saturday Adventures within us. And uh, Paul runs a tight ship on Twitter, which is Adventures on Sat, because they have a character limitation. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> <Your name. laughs> I do try to make all of those different so that uh, you're not seeing the same posts on every single platform. Yeah, we we'll switch it up the content all the time. Nice. And I'll put links uh, in the show notes. Now, uh, before we uh, let you go, uh, Paul, you mentioned about trivia. So I did put together five questions yeah. to test your nice. paranormal knowledge. <laughs> oh, <you>? no. <laughs> back, to, uh, back to that thing about me being right and knowing that I'm right and being actually right. <laughs> That's going to be now. Okay. <laughs> are you going to compete against each other? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it's on. All right. Not a team. Ow. And I'll let you guys uh, she, decide who rang in yeah. first. We have a piece of paper that she has saved for like a year and a half now of rummy scores where she won one game of rummy and has kept the scorecard ever since. <laughs> to rub it in my face, she hasn't won since. I have. Not mad. She cheats. <laughs> well, I, I can't cheat at someone else's trivia, so it's All on. Right. All right. Here we go. Uh, question number one, those that were brave enough to go into this Romanian forest complained of physical harm, including rashes, nausea, vomiting, migraines, burns, and anxiety. What's the name of this? The forest? High- no. Uh, you, uh, of course, Skype uh, failed yeah, you right there. Cool. No, Anna, you were in first and I think you're right, uh, but Skype broke up. What was your answer? Hayabachu forest. You are correct. That is one nothing. Oh! Yeah, I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two. I think it was my nickname. What's that? <laughs> the 13th century castle located in the Czech Republic was not built to repel attacks or keep things out. It was built to keep something in. It was built to cover a gateway to hell. Name the castle. Oh, my God. Oh, I know... Do have a good story about this one, <laughs> but oh, I can't think of the name. It's not. Oh no! <laughs> All right, have you ever seen the movie The Cave? No, I think you recommended it, but we haven't watched it yet. It's based on the castle. Oh, and it's about these cave monsters down inside that are sealed in by the castle, <laughs> and they they blow it open and they go down in the cave monsters and kill them all. Sorry, spoilers. Oh, I gotta <laughs> check that out. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, when you did the episode, I was like, "It's about that movie. It's about that movie." <laughs> so Paul's saying he doesn't know the answer, no. and I can't remember. It is Huska I, Castle. I'm gonna kick Huska my... Castle. What is it? Huska. Huska. Oh, okay. I was, I was just looking at it earlier this day or today too. <laughs> All right. Well, you you missed that one, Paul. So I'm still up. Yep. Next a, question. Still one nothing. <laughs> Uh, question number three. This house was dubbed a portal to hell, and a former homeowner said she and her three children were possessed. That didn't stop Zach Baggins from buying it. Oh, what man, is, the, what so is the name of this house? He also made a documentary about it. Mm-hmm. I would like to, at this point, point out that we are... Artists and not researchers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. You know, I did really, really well when I listened to your one trivia episode, and I was like, how does everyone else not know these questions? Um, <laughs> now I'm that person who doesn't know the answer to this question. This might be uh, a tough well, one. Well, I can rule, no, you I can't can rule out the Amityville Horror House because, right. you know, I know people just live there. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a flying snake man. <laughs> it is not. Yeah. <laughs> it is the Indiana right. Hell House. Okay. All right, we got two well, more. I'm still in the lead. I'm still in the lead, at least. Still one nothing. Uh, question number I did four. A lot of fun at Nash that I'm going to have to take back now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this book is written in a language no one knows, with illustrations of plants and animals not of this earth. Name. Oh, this is your favorite. This book. I know the. I'm going to let you do it. 
I'll let you have it. The Voynich manuscript. That is correct. All right, I got one. I gave that to Paul because I felt bad. Oh. <laughs> well, that makes the last... I am a big fan of the Voynich manuscript. I think it's amazing. <laughs> then the last question is the tiebreaker. Yep. This is, right. uh, this is for the, all the marbles. This manor sits on the southeast side of Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands and was once owned by... Urquhart Manor. What's that? Urquhart Manor. Nope. It was... Oh! It was once owned by Satanist Alistair Crowley. Oh, and I know that they are selling pieces of this house. Yeah, it burned down recently. Yep. The property went on sale. Jimmy Page owned it. Correct. I can tell you all about the house, but I just can't tell you the name of the house. (laughs) Jimmy Page owned it. Supposedly, Alistair Crowley summoned the Loch Ness Monster. um, It sounds like I've won this round. Can can we get half a point for that one? Yes. Each? (laughs) That means you're tied. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the uh, Boleskine house. Darn it. (laughs) Ah, yes, the Boleskine house. Yep. (laughs) Wow, I feel I I I'm ashamed. Everything. I'm ashamed of how I did. <laughs> I knew everything about it except the name. I won't even lie. Yeah, I mean, you you had everything about it. Uh, so that means uh, you guys are tied. So mm-hmm. that you know, we don't have a trophy to give you. Nope. But virtually, you're both winners. Yep. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Anna, Paul, this has been so much fun. Uh, I'm glad you had time to hang out with us. Uh, I certainly yeah, love. Thanks for having us on. I love what you are, are doing out there uh, with the adventures and, and the photography. Uh, I'm sure you're going to inspire a lot more people to get off their butts and get out there and check stuff out. Awesome! That's all we could ever hope for, and then some. So, thank you so much for having us too. We're very excited. This is our first interview, and it's been so long. Oh, probably. Give a last shout out to to Art Designs. Art Designs 305, right? Yes. Yeah. The the guy in Florida. Yeah, Alberto. We we were listen, we were listening to your show when you read the letter from him saying to go to the Windwood Walls in Miami. And it was when we were driving through the Keys towards Miami. So we took his advice and we went there right away and it was awesome. I know that was amazing. I know. I was like, wow, this this it's is the coolest thing ever. Timing. Yeah, it worked out great. We love street as much as a Bigfoot. So the the neighborhood we live in in the city is kind of a street art mecca. People come here from all over the world to paint on the walls here in Bushwick. And going to see that was just out of this world because we didn't even know it existed. We got to see people that paint up here, people from all over. It was amazing. So thank you, Art Designs. Yeah. (laughs) 305. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so very much. now what's that are you cut out on me said he's living on a boat off the coast right now that's where so i'd stay yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for hanging out with us uh this has been a blast i'm sure uh, we'll be chit-chatting uh some more and uh again hey, thank you uh, mm-hmm. also for listening and supporting paranormal punchers it means a ton to us yeah well, thank you for doing the show and thanks for having us of course. for sure you have a great night we're gonna talk soon take care
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.